everyone. Welcome to another edition of Founder Wisdom Podcast. Today with us, we have Alan Chanda. He is CEO at Ditech Limited. So we're going to talk about a bunch of interesting startup stuff uh, in Africa. It's going to be super interesting. Alan, can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about your company? Um, thank you very much for this opportunity once again. Charles, and I look forward to sharing uh, the, the type of things we are doing out here in Africa, specifically in Zambia. Sure. We are truly uh, looking forward to the exposure that your platform offers. Um, my name is Alan Chanda. I am um, the CEO of Ditech, as mentioned earlier. I started off um, as an engineer. Uh, working uh, with rural, er rural areas, uh, specifically with USID. And then um, that's where the encounter with bees started. I knew nothing about bees. And um, the encounter drove uh, one of my bosses to say, come on, you're an engineer. Why don't you uh, help with this uh, bottleneck that has been discovered in terms of uh, production capacity of uh, the beehives? They're not very effective. They're costly. Is there a way in which this can be enhanced? Since you guys study material science, don't hide. <laughs> so so the, the lady who was in charge, was an American lady, was in charge, was, a, was, was the chief of party. She's the one that kept knocking on my door. And uh, since I was the youngest, it's like uh, I was the only one anyone can, can pick on. <laughs> so, so that's how I eventually... Um, decided to solve that problem reluctantly though. I, I interviewed people in the value chain and they described the problems they have. So I was writing down and that's how I developed a hive, which is uh, two in one uh, using low cost uh, raw materials and gave it to them so that I could uh, shut them off so that they stopped knocking on my door. <laughs> so anyway, it was able to increase production capacity from uh, as low as 15 kg to as high in uh, some instances as in five kgs of honey uh, per season. So that's how uh, the encounter with uh, beekeeping started. And from there, I was transferred to a major project and that major project led to uh, me um, pitching at um, the national finals called uh, Nyamuka Zambia, where there was uh, 500 applicants countrywide and uh, they were only selecting uh, 20 out of 500. So I came out first with my uh, Beehive presentation and Ditech was formed, that was 2016. And uh, we started uh, a label, a honey label called Sweet Harvest Pure Honey. So from there, we've been um, involved in many competitions. One of the most important ones we got was at WTO, World Trade, World Trade Organization in, in, in Geneva. Uh, sponsored by uh, Open to Expo and uh, ITC, International Trade Center in, in Geneva. So I came out first there out of uh, more than 25 uh, applicants. And uh, from there, got to win an award that um, uh, Dubai Expo, uh, where there were about 8,000 applicants and they were looking for 21. So I was uh, among those people who were given that grant. Uh, of uh, 100,000 US dollars. And then from there, 
got a scholarship uh, to go to uh, San Francisco <laughs> at Miller Center. Um, and uh, this year I've been selected again by uh, Miller Center to go and uh, you know, speak to more investors to see if we could have uh, an expansion on our end here because of the work we're doing as a recognition. Uh, then in terms of the workforce, we have, uh, we have uh, 15 people in the workforce, um, but during the harvest season, like next month, that number swells to almost 100 because you have to have you know, people covering different aspects. And then we have uh, 5,000 farmers. Out of those 5,000, 40% are women. And in terms of age distribution, more than 80%, uh, I would say 88% are less than 35 years old. Uh, that's our distribution in terms of um, the numbers. And then we produce uh, per, per year 200 tons of honey. This year, we increase that to about 300 tons yeah, by the end of the year. Then we've got markets, uh, both in, in Zambia, um, uh, South Africa, as far as Egypt, in terms of Africa. Then we've got the Middle East, then we've got Germany, China, et cetera, et cetera. And these countries, they have an interest in buying honey from Africa. How do you brand your honey via the competition? Well, we, we've got unique tree species in Zambia that exist nowhere else. So sure. that is one of the most important aspects. So sure. these trees are called miombo, sure. M-I-O-M-B-O, sure. miombo tree species. They occupy much of Central Africa all the way to the DRC and parts of uh, Cameroon. So this is the only place on earth where you can find those particular tree species. So Zambia has the largest apart from DRC, the largest uh, number of Miombo tree, trees. And these trees are the ones that produce and support the, 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 the nectar that uh, actually allows us to produce honey twice a year. So that's one yardstick. And then the, the forests are unique and endemic to these parts, like I've said. Then you, you also tend to have uh, the type of honey that is uh, mouth floral, meaning it has multiple sources of flowers where the bees feed from. So it's quite a rich variety of natural uh, you know, honey that uh, you know, stands out on the market. You can find it now in the UK, like in uh, uh, Max Spencer, you find uh, Zambian honey there. So we, we, we make sure that we bring in uh, organic certifying organizations like Control Union, uh, Ecoset, et cetera, from Germany, so that we are able to have an international credibility on the export market in terms of uh, laboratory, as well as um, traceability chain. How is it generally speaking to do business in Africa? What kind of challenges do you encounter there? Oh, the challenges are, are, are quite many. One of them are that um, you have a lot of competing demands in the production areas. Some people don't see the need to, to subscribe to organic status. Uh, they just think, uh, uh, after all, there are very few people, people don't spray in the forest, so it's organic. They don't know that it's actually the standards that must be maintained. And secondly, uh, apart from lack of education, you also have people that uh, will just be burning the forest because they want to, to, to find the wild animals very easily to kill for their food, because, you know, sometimes the needs are very basic. Then you also have um, people are doing logging. Some are illegal. 
especially people do the charcoal. They're one of the most dangerous ones. So those are some of the issues that we found. But in collaboration with uh, traditional leaders in some of these areas, you find that uh, there has been a change because now the, the, the number of uh, traditional leaders are quite educated. Some of them would even, would even have a college degree like the one I'm dealing with now is a mathematician, you know, used to teach mathematics in high school. So he's less than 40 years of age. So he's somebody that understands issues and um, has traveled all over the world. His father is Italian, his mother is Zambian. So he's quite exposed in terms of what goes on. So those are some of the encouraging points on the other hand, but the, the tasks are huge. So we can only uh, do so much. And in time with our education campaign, we're able to get to change the mindset of people through incentives and so on. Talking about these incentives, how did you get to convince the farmers to uh, harvest the, the honey? Was it as easy as just showing them that you could have the, the, the beekeeping uh, device on their field and that they had to maintaining doing this and that every day? How hard was it to convince them? Yeah, um, it was quite hard at the beginning because some of them think uh, there's no need to have a commercial uh, uh, commercial uh, application of uh, producing honey. After all, they can just go into the bush, extend and boom, here is the, here is the honey colony and they begin to harvest. So we had to convince them that look, just like you, you can have uh, wild animals, you know, in your own game, private game ranch. It's the same with this. You can actually commercialize and the income that you get per kg compared to crops like maize, soya beans, uh, sweet beans is much, much, much different. You get more money and there's less input cost. So that has been our, our strategy. Then secondly, the better performing farmers have got what we call uh, value matching payment system. Uh, meaning we, we offer asset solutions to those that are willing to produce more honey in return, we can offer them uh, uh, a, solar, a solar system to power their homes. So that allows them to at least uh, improve the education outcomes for their children. And um, the impact on the forest is reduced. And uh, ultimately we have a greener environment. So those are some of the strategies that we've, been, we've uh, put up. And also to outsmart our competitors, uh, we, we create a loyal uh, supplier base because we, we give them what our friends don't and uh, livelihoods are improved. So that is like a catch. Your competition, are they local um, African startup owners as well? Are they larger businesses? We, we've got uh, mainly uh, uh, foreign owned uh, companies. One of them uh, is owned by a Canadian, French Canadian. He started the business. My cousin. He started a bit. Mm, he started a business. <laughs> he started a business when I was probably in the, in the first grade in primary school. So you okay. can imagine that far different. But um, they don't push the button of innovation. Us, we are more interested in innovation and creating avenues that uh, give people more access. So that is where the difference lies. So we have those, and they they export uh, mainly into Canada and uh, some into the UK. As we've got um, at least an opportunity to learn and outsmart them by looking at how the entire chain works. Sure, and when you say us, how many uh, employees do you have right now? How big is the company? 
we are we're standing at 15 at the moment uh, yeah but we we are going to grow probably to 30 by next year because we are building a factory uh, from our savings which will be the the, the, the one that will be covering much of uh, half of our country. Uh, it will be in the north where there are very few uh, competitors. So there, there is uh, an advantage in that, um, you know, it's less uh, populated. So the organic status uh, is easy to obtain and uh, the population is also willing to, to join in and uh, support our, our enterprises. We also support their livelihood improvement. You mentioned through your savings, did you get uh, funding? Because I was was wondering, like, wow, this this business makes good money if you can uh, give the farmers a solar panel and so forth. So, did you get funding, or so, so far, far was it hundred bootstrap? Uh, uh, we 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 just we currently have a grant from a. Yeah, if you can go on, I think it's stabilizing now. Yeah. Okay. We currently have a grant from uh, one of the one of the one of the instruments from uh, the World Bank that is yeah. looking at um, climate adaptation, which has allowed us to have more outgrowers. So we, we've been given an opportunity to produce more beehives and uh, incorporate more farmers, provided they're always uh, you know, approaches to save the environment. So that is the, the one that we have, we currently have. We have no debt and uh, we've not contracted any debt since. Uh, we don't have any investors that are foreign or local. We just uh, a group of uh, African uh, entrepreneurs who came up, who came together in order to come up with, uh, you know, this initiative. So we hope that uh, by uh, you know coming on a, on a platform like yours, we'll probably be giving other investors and uh, social impact uh, entrepreneurs uh, an opportunity to see value in what we do, and hopefully uh, there would be uh, an opportunity for them to either support us or or coerce to replicate our model into their respective jurisdictions. Very uh, impressive, uh, to say the least. So. Um, if we talk about Ditech in uh, 10 years from now, where do you want to be in terms of uh, your expansion, um, your number of employees, the revenue? Where do you want to be in 10 years from now? Well, 10 years from now, we, we hope to have expanded our, our model into countries where forest management uh, is, is, is critical, such as the DRC, Gabon, Cameroon, all the way up to Senegal, Chad, by working collaboration with forest management and national parks and wildlife organization so that uh, the adjacent communities are given an opportunity to, to produce honey other than just kill the elephant. Because to kill the elephant is a shortcut to any income. But if they can be given an incentive that allows them to see much more value in a tree next door than hoping to, be, to, to kill a bigger elephant which you can't even carry on a truck, just because you want uh, an elephant task, will be championing the causes of millions. And in that regard, we hope to be the largest producer of honey on the continent, the most innovative in terms of product, uh, in terms of products uh, available, 
orange, i.e. we hope to be producing uh, honey rosanges with uh, ingredients that are coming from the same producers in uh, rural areas. And then we hope to be producing uh, all those um, medicated rosanges that can, can give um, people with medical issues such as sore throats an opportunity to have a natural sweetener. Then we also hope to, to inspire um, consumers uh, be, beyond the average uh, age restriction at the moment where you have to buy a bottle. So we hope to increase production of, uh, of, of, of honey sweets that can go into uh, coffee where you can just drop a, a piece of um, honey solid into your coffee or your tea and drink it other than going to get your sugar from the, from the thing. And then we also hope uh, over the, the next decade or so to be producing um, more honey-based products such as lotions and, uh, and, um, and powder in order to give our women in Africa and all over the world, women of color as well as uh, you know, other races, an opportunity to have a natural, um, natural uh, uh, you know, based product that ultimately gives them uh, an opportunity for less side effects. So yeah. in that regard, we hope to be a multi-million dollar company that can be listed maybe on the Paris Stock Exchange or New York Circuit as the years go by. Very cool. I, I see like two opportunities. Well, I mean, I, I have two ideas from you as of now because I'm uh, a honey geek myself. Um, one, I think uh, a honey that can be proven to uh, be more minerally and vitamin rich than others. So you do like some yeah. kind of lab test um, yes. for health buffs like myself. I think there's the Manuka honey, right? That's the healthiest in the world. Um, yes, think, from, uh, from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah I think there's uh, some opportunity there. And right now, um, one of my friends in, in Canada, you know, uh, marijuana is legal. And he gave yes. me um, honey infused with CBD. You know, so CBD for athletes like me, it's very good um, to... Uh, alleviate pain for for example yesterday I ran at 21 kilometers so I feel a bit of pain and I'm drinking this right now um, so that that could be another nice opportunity for you okay okay well understood I I, I value your, your advice and uh, that's part of the innovation that we have to keep learning in order to improve the the current uh, available options as products so that uh, we're able to mimic the environment and improve upon every sort of, uh, uh, you know, product that we can, uh, you know, yeah. uh, bring to the And I think, uh, well, just to finish it off this way, because what's cool about honey, obviously it's delicious, right? It's natural. It's somewhat healthy. Obviously, there's a lot of sugars. You need to be careful with that. But generally speaking, it's, it's healthier than uh, high fructose corn syrup, for sure. Um, but it's, it's also cool that it helps the environment. Can you speak of, and obviously we talked about the community benefits, uh, but can you speak about the environment, uh, environmental effects that um, raising uh, honey, uh, honeybees um, actually have over the environment? What, how can we quantify those effects and why is it so important to, uh, to help um, bees uh, <laughs> propagate and do their business. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I would say um, most people don't value the 
the importance of this because they think that uh, pollination will just always take place. <laughs> they do not understand that pollination has a direct relationship to the population levels of bees in the forest. So if that number plummets due to uh, a uh, bad um, relationship that we've uh, created over the years in terms of cutting down trees, changing their habitats and destroying the ecosystem who end up with um, bad harvests, including for corn, just corn, who end up with bad harvest. So what the benefits are, are that with, um, with, with, the, with the trees not being cut down, the rainfall patterns, are going to be maintained, meaning the rural population won't be impoverished because most of them are likely to rely on rain-fed agriculture. So with rain-fed agriculture, you need to have the, 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 the trees that support um, you know, the, the, the environment there. And then secondly, you also need to have um, the ecosystem maintained for the second reason, which is one, there will be water retention in those areas. In case they want to, do, to dig a borehole, they can easily find water. But if they cut trees, they won't find it. And the third option is that when you cut the trees along river system, you end up with diminished catchment water sources. You end up having a problem like the one that is in uh, between Nigeria, Chad and Mali for, for the lake that is out there. The lake has reduced by almost 60% from the 1960s because all the trees that were protecting the lake, uh, Lake Chad, it's called Lake Chad, has actually been destroyed because of population pressure and so on and so forth. So with ecosystems that are intact, the ecosystem benefits will now you know, accrue to the people and surrounding regions, meaning you can boast to, to Charles and tell him, look, we are the only ones with an intact forest in Africa that can be counted as 100 years old. But if we don't do that, we won't be able to transfer those social and uh, economic benefits to the future generation. The elephants won't be there. We'll increase the animal-human conflicts in areas that are close to national parks. And in the end, the poaching will simply destroy our natural habitat. So the bees are important in that they should give us the crop yields that are higher, our forest, provide incomes to rural communities and reduce the likelihood of human-animal conflicts. And ultimately, that is one way of balancing the social and economic benefits of societies in our countries and beyond. Good. Well, Alan, thank you so much for coming today. Where can people find out more about you and your company? Or well, they can go online. They, 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 they will find us online and uh, on uh, on our social media pages, uh, Dietex Zambia, they will be able to find that. And they can also um, find more information on various websites, such as uh, how we made it in Africa. They will be able to find us. And uh, soon we'll be launching our website, uh, www.dietexzambia.com. So you'll be able to find out more information about the various initiatives and so on and so forth. All right, thank you so much, Alan. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.